It's Think Outside the Box at the Internet's only outrage machine. And who better to talk about Macho Men than me, Maddie Hunt, and... Me, Cameron DeWitt. Yes. The, the uh, a mucho macho. Mucho, mucho macho. macho man. Mucho macho man. <laughs> I believe mucho macho That's man right. won a, ra- a horse race at some point. For anyone who's following in the artist submission channel of our Discord for the show, Think Outside the Box Set. It makes a nice companion to the artist domination channel. <laughs> <laughs> Just sort of, I like to switch back and forth personally. <laughs> I mean, you're versatile, Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, user, uh, I believe Stubadub is the name. Is their name? Uh huh. I believe that um, was who it was. Yeah. They they recommended Village People like two years ago, and somehow I missed it. And we were scrambling this morning to figure out what we were going to do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, should we do another palate cleanser? Ah. I guess Alanis, Alanis Morissette has, has a new album, but it's all like instrumental electronic, like um, meditation music. I don't yeah, know. If I don't know if that's going to be a whole episode bit. over that. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I, and so I was like looking through the artist submissions, you know, letting our listeners do work for us. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, and then I saw that Village People, and I was like, oh my god, that is so perfect. Uh huh. There is so much going on there. There is so Uh much cultural osmosis. I've always Mm -hmm. been aware of the village people. Mm -hmm. YMCA was probably one of the first songs I've ever heard. It was probably one of my first exposures to gay culture. Um, That's true for a lot of people, including straight people. Yeah. And and it seems like it was somehow it like made it through as being acceptable because it was like silly, it was camp, mm-hmm. but it was camp it was in a way like a that like song. It is sort of like yeah. how people took it, I think, which is really weird. Yeah, and and village people in general. Um, Maybe it's there, because in straight culture, this- you only dress up when you're a kid, and you never dress up ever again. <laughs> and the gays just have that like spark of like youthful energy. You know, we're a bunch of Peter Pans. Um, Sorry, I, I keep interrupting you to just like comment. I, I just, yeah, I'm commenting on what you're saying and I like it. But I, that also is throwing you off track. So I just think it's so interesting that this group was so obviously gay and about being gay and for mm-hmm. the gays mm-hmm. and got to be visible. Mm-hmm. And I thought that when, when I saw the submission... Um, and it dominated my thoughts. Ah. Um, I, <laughs> I thought what a great way to dovetail with this conversation about, you know, the Gaylers and the Hetlors, mm-hmm. um, from, uh, our up, you know, Taylor Swift. Um, I think you mean Hetler of- gaffed. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yes. That yes. Marty. Finish it. Awful. No, I, I, Hitler gaffed. That was it. <laughs> or I guess a 
Scalar straight. <laughs> straight. <laughs> Oh boy. Gaylor straight. Okay. No, straight. I did my best. <laughs> it's swift, but you replace the swear with straight. Straight. <laughs> straight. What a perfect pun. No one packing <laughs> needed there. What a perfect pun, yes. Off to a great start. <laughs> roaring. Rip roaring. There, so there's this idea of, you know. It, you know Taylor Swift, the corporation. Is mm-hmm. she pandering or leading on or queer baiting, if you will, uh, the the gay audience um, to make them feel more represented or to catch their interest, to make them feel um, enfranchised? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this group, the Village People, was started. By two producers mm-hmm. um, who were basically like, you know, I think a lot of money could be made um, making making gay music for gay people. <laughs> yeah. Like they're, they literally, they literally like wanted that. to do that. Um, and one of them, uh, I don't have these names uh, memorized yet. Jacques um, Morali so and Jacques Henri Morali, Balolo. Um, two... two uh, French men and Jacques. um, Well, um, I think at least Jacques, but maybe both are from Morocco originally. Oh, really? I did not know Um, that. One of them's from Morocco. I think let's, let's look that up real quick. One of them Um, is gay. Jacques Morali is gay. Um, Yeah. And is from Morocco. He's originally born in Casablanca. Yeah. Um, Play it again, Sam. Uh, And, and, Let's see, Belolo. Where's he from? Um, great question. He might just be from France. No, he was also born in Casablanca. Are you kidding me? Wow. Yeah, these two two Moroccan French French guys. Um, mm-hmm. So Belolo was straight, uh, allegedly, <laughs> uh, and and Jacques was was gay, allegedly. Um, or um, I don't know to what extent it was hard to find information on them. It seemed like they didn't want to be this. They wanted to be pulling the strings. They wanted to be like mm-hmm. leading the business, you know, mm-hmm. um, there's not much on like Wikipedia the, or like the genius, like song explanations yeah. or like anything like that. There are some good sources little. elsewhere though. Um, All right. There's a well, article we'll from culture.org. That I'll link that we'll put a link to in the show notes that um, okay, I found very useful. So basically, they were at a gay bar together, um, mm-hmm. which I think is interesting for the time that mm-hmm. like Belolo was just like a, a, an allegedly straight man was just like, yeah, I want to hang out with my gay friend at the gay bar. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's pretty cool if that's true. Yeah. Um, that that's it's like, yeah, this is where the party is. So they're at a gay bar in the village. Mm-hmm. And they see, um, what's his name? Uh, F- Felipe, Felipe Rose. Felipe Rose, um, who is known as the Indian. Quote, unquote. Um, yes. Quote, unquote. Um, and who claim, claims to have, um, we, we might get into this more. I've been like trying to figure out what is the appropriate name. And what I keep coming up when I... <laughs> 
uh, research this is that there is not a monolithic uh, title uh, that um, the indigenous folks here all agree on. Um, mm-hmm. And that in general, um, yeah, some of them like or prefer American Indian. Some of them prefer mm-hmm. Native American. Mm-hmm. So there's like no way to just like please everyone there. Um, so I kind I'm of appreciate that, in, like resisting the homogenization and like othering yeah. and like putting all of them in one box as if yeah. their distinctions didn't matter because they're different from, you know, the real America, quote unquote. Um, so uh, he's he's gone on record saying that he has different Native American uh, <laughs> yeah ancestry um i think he's at least at one at one point said lakota Mm -hmm. anyway um he he like wore a headdress and stuff um as part of the village people um famously infamously um Mm -hmm. they saw him like shaking his groove thing at this party i believe he was a combination bartender and dancer Mm -hmm. and they were inspired to like make this business Mm -hmm. and that's what they did yeah. Also, the lead singer of the Village People was a street man, Victor Willis. Yeah. Straight as the day is long. Straight as a goddamn ruler. Very um, interesting. Yes. Extremely interesting. Um, singing some of the most like flamboyantly openly gay songs I, you know, I've ever heard. Um, Have yeah. you ever listened to the Village People outside of like macho man or ymca no and they had a couple other like i think i've heard like in the navy like played on like a tv show or something yeah also but that was not played at like the middle school dances or whatever and ymca was um it's i mean it's still probably played like at a lot of dances and stuff i thought that the village people's thing was a fun kind of joke of like plausible, plausible deniability mm-hmm. and like the, a, a specific like campiness of masculinity to sort of pretend that they weren't gay. Mm-hmm. I thought that was like the bit because mm-hmm. of that's how it came to me through cultural osmosis. Um, there, these are like activist songs yeah, some of them are. Um, like, some of them are like blatantly like civil rights songs. Yes, um, because there's this... at least one in. We're covering two albums today because the first one is short. Yes. Um, th- this is. They don't say gay, mm-hmm. uh, Florida, DeSantis. Um, they don't say <laughs> that, but they they Thank all you. but say gay, and they're, it's say. very clear what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, which was really surprising to me. I had no idea. Yeah. And it makes it all the more interesting that Victor Willis is like leading this group. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yeah. I um, think that's so interesting. Like what I, I want to be careful about like saying that people are brave or not like, <laughs> you know, for doing the bare minimum. But like, I think yeah. it is notable that the straight man um, feels secure enough in his Especially identity. in the 70s. Especially in the seventies, yeah. To although I'm beating this drum a lot, like the seventies were in so many ways like more liberated for men than today is. Like it was mainstream for men to wear like frills and like floral patterns and like androgynous shit that was like cool and like sexy and like masculine. 
uh, yeah, like yeah. long hair. Yeah, it was like everywhere. Um, yeah, and it's like, yeah, anyway. Um, so the village people. Yeah, I also thought their whole thing was like the winking, like, haha. Um, right. We're, we're kind of like, almost like, not, not quite on like the level of like the ambiguously gay band or something like that. Right. Um, but like sort of in that ballpark. That's what I thought it was. But I was also very surprised at how just straightforwardly like, yeah, you know, we're for gay liberation and, and shit, which is so interesting in context of how much of it is like a baldly commercial um, prod- product yeah. of producers. Like, they're yeah. the, like the new kids of the blo- on the block of their day or the Backstreet Boys of their day, only even more gay than the Backstreet Boys or NSYNC or new kids on the block. If you can even if you believe, believe it. it. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I can't, I can't believe how, how, how on purpose gay it is and how mm-hmm. not, and how it's like not a joke. It's so earnest. Yes. Like, even yeah. Even the name. It, I want to get into a little bit of placidness. Please. The reason they called it the village people is that Greenwich Village in New York was seen as, like, the queer capital of the world. Um, Famously gay. um, It was, like, home of, like, the beats and the hippies and, like, um, all sorts of, like, countercultural musician types, poets, um, the bohemian scene. But that included, like, a shitload of queers. Um, This story you just referenced of the, the day that the village people was born happened in the village um, on Christopher Street when they, they followed Felipe. I mean, according to this article I'm reading, they followed Felipe Rose into a bar called the Anvil um, because <laughs> Jacques said, oh my God, he is good looking. I'm thirsty about Felipe Rose. And so they just followed him into great. the bar, which is great. Um, <laughs> and then they like, eventually were like just looking around at like all the different f- other customers in the bar. And they're like, this sounds like so apocryphal and like so like right. you know music biopic but Belolo right. <laughs> looks around at all the people and he writes down Indian construction worker leather man cowboy cop sailor right yeah um <laughs> which that that kind of beggars belief but um but Chris so it, if, this happened if mm-hmm. you're somehow unfamiliar with the iconography yes. of village people mm-hmm. um they are playing these archetypes of American masculinity. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a cop. Is Victor Willis the cop? Yeah, he is. Yeah. Like the lead of the group um, is the cop. Great. <laughs> Felipe is Which is, the there's Indian. so much to that. Yeah, we'll get into that, I think. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and so on. They're basically like G.I. Joes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think before G.I. Joes. Yes. Although I don't know wh- when when that started. But like they they all... They're just these kind of um, like archetypes of 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 ultra masculinity, um, and I'm not surprised that they would just be doing that like as dancers at this bar. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like it might be archetypical, arch. No, sorry, apocryphal, uh-huh. but um, but it also might be just totally true. I mean, I guess so. Yeah, right. Um, so yeah, that's why they called it the village people. This happened on Christopher Street, and they followed, you know, they followed Felipe Rose in a bar called the Anvil. You know what else is on Christopher Street, Cameron? No. Stonewall Inn is on Christopher Street. Okay. 51 and 53, Christopher Street, then and now. This is eight years after Stonewall, the Stonewall riots. Yeah. 
And it's, I mean, it's, it's like so interesting that they um, are being so like openly gay, not that long after the Stonewall riots. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's, I think there's like some interesting, the article touches on this a bit, but there's like some interesting, like kind of dynamic going on there with like before Stonewall, specifically gay men were seen as like sissies and like limp wristed and like talking with like a lisp and like were you know conflated with like drag queens and trans women and you know the whole the whole notion of the invert and like the you know feminized men become gay and whatever and basically the the conflation of transness mm -hmm. with homosexuality because you'd have to be like a real like girly sissy guy to want to like make out and have sex with another guy basically right. is the idea um because you know only men like <laughs> men and women are like the only things that are attracted to each other so one of you has to be like i mean this is like a common right. question for like that's gay couples the, i think for that's the thing up yeah. until fairly recently it's like so which one of you is the woman in the relationship <laughs> cool question to ask um uh, but there's a bit in the article that I think there's like something in there about um, how the Stonewall riots where the queer is literally like fought cops and burned the fucking bar to the ground. Um, how that changed the perception of gay people from just like sissies and uh, limp wrists and like weaklings into kind of strong and powerful and yeah. masculine, one might even say. Yeah. And then eight years later, we have this a whole array of like people who are just like doing campy versions of like masculine archetypes. And it's further such an interesting decision to have the lead of the group be a cop because who did they have to fight at Stonewall? They had to throw a brick at a fucking cop and burn yeah. storm the bar that the cops were fucking hiding in. Like, Oh my God. Wow. Especially yeah, having I'm... a black man as a cop too. That's like an extra layer. <laughs> Jesus. Wait, is Victor Willis black? Yes, he is. Um, I, I I didn't see any pictures of him where I could like really see his uh, his face. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. he's the cop. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm I'm really interested. I think we'll get into this when we start talking about the song Macho Man. Um, so let's put a pin in the um homonormativity going mm -hmm. mainstream mm -hmm. um, and gay respectability politics uh, mm. and things like that. Cause I think yeah. we're going to fucking get into that. Oh, I think and so. that's one of the interesting things about the village people mm -hmm. um, that I didn't know. I was just like wave after wave of like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh, Oh, there's so much here. Like mm -hmm. this is going to be a good season. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm ready to get into songs when when okay. you are. Yeah, um, so like Cameron mentioned, we covered the first two albums because they're both quite short. Um, they're like less than 30 minutes each. One has four tracks, the other has six. Um, so we're just going to cover them both. Um, I hope that actually works. So the first song... Did you say, first... did you introduce the show yet? I forget. I think you said our oh, names. I, this is I a mean, jumping on point for people. Yes. So... Sorry. You said gay, 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 which is a I, great introduction to that the is show. A gay, yes. Yes, that is that is a pretty good introduction. But also, the premise of the show is that we cover artists that are m perhaps misunderstood, unrecognized, or dismissed. And we listen to their entire discography of studio albums, um, unless they're like weird outlier albums that don't really count, like Alanis Morissette's 
instrumental album of electronic meditation music, which doesn't really count. Um, and we talk about them and we talk about their image and like whether they're deserving of their image, um, how their like studio song output matches up with like who they are and what they mean in the culture. And maybe we hope to like uncover some hidden gems or like, you know, I mean, that's like ideally the, um, the goal is like, hopefully we find some hidden gems or we can like find some mainstream people where that we can go to bat for. And we can be like, actually Garth Brooks like has more going on than you might think that kind of thing. Or ICP is, has got layers like a big stinky onion. (laughs) Also, I want to say that the arc of think outside the box set is long, yes. but it bends towards <laughs> gayness. <laughs> <laughs> and that has brought us here. <laughs> oh, too true. <laughs> uh, I'm a lot more gay than I thought I was, turns out. Um, speaking of gay, out. San Francisco, you've got me. It's a city known for its freedom. Freedom to be gay. I was just in San Francisco. And, you know, it's changed a bit since these times. Yeah. yeah um different gays there than there used to be different gays also a lot more just like weird like right-wing tech like libertarianism bullshit that is like really upsetting um the tech scene there is like eh. um Folsom Street on the way to Polk and Castro you don't find them finer freedom is in the air searching for what we all treasure pleasure um, cycles in the night. I, I gotta night. say, right off mm-hmm. the bat, like this is the first song on the first album, mm-hmm. in the first episode. You know, like they're already stating we are a, a pleasure-oriented band. Mm-hmm. Like that is like that is a mission statement. Mm-hmm. Have we covered any other artist who is ready to say we want pleasure? That is a goal, and and is something that is like worth fighting for. Hmm. Um, I just like want to put it like just I think that people are uncomfortable around the word pleasure. Just yeah. period. <clears throat> I think it's like purit like you know like purit puritanism mm-hmm. in our culture. Mm-hmm. People don't want to admit to do things for the sake of pleasure, for being pleasure oriented. Mm-hmm. And like right off the bat they're like we we need freedom so that we can get pleasure. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Like Already, I'm just like, oh my god, what a like revolutionary, like sentiment to put in your mm-hmm. first song on your first album. Absolutely, that's amazing. And a song about a it famously be, gay city, but it is. Yeah, yeah. Dress the way you please and put your mind at ease. It's a city known for its freedom. Uh, cycles shining bright break the silence of the night. Inhibitions, no, you don't need them. Yeah. Um, Take me to the water. Yes. Um, I think it's worth noting also that I think Victor Willis like grew up in like he's a, he's kind of a fascinating person. I think we'll get into mm. it more, but um, they discovered him. He was part of the original Broadway um, production of The Whiz, um, oh, which is cool. interesting. Um, 
I have the soundtrack, what, to it, but I still haven't seen the movie. Cultural yeah. art. I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen the scene yeah. with Michael Jackson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that movie. That movie's like a weird dream. That's it like is, I ate right? some yeah, weird stuff right before bed. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite the movie. Yeah. Um, My favorite is I think it's Nipsey Russell is like the lion, and he has a song where he's like, "I'm a mean old lion." <laughs> <laughs> wow (laughs) um where was i going with that oh yeah but i think he like grew up singing in like his um like parents like gospel church and stuff um Hmm. so there's there's that like him about like take me to the water and like all that stuff i think right yeah um Hmm. i wonder if he's like kind of riffing on that here it's interesting like bring religious stuff in here if he is doing that um I will yeah. say that I think a lot of forms that they sing in because it is lead singer and choir, mm-hmm. there's a lot of just like church stuff in this iteration of disco. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. A yeah. lot of call and response. I mean, mm-hmm. like specifically a lot of black church mm-hmm. yes. um, forms in this music, which I think is, I got to say, after, you know, like listening to curtis mayfield and like other like Mm -hmm. you know actually like groundbreaking disco and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um this disco is not is this disco is fine but it is Mm -hmm. very clearly a copy that is um you know uh conceived by um people who did not invent disco (laughs) Mm-hmm. I mean, they're mm-hmm. they're African people, but they are not African Americans. Um, <laughs> well, who made disco music. I, in, well, in, they're not black, um, black Americans specifically. I mean, I think I think there's there's a little bit more ambiguity to that because like the producers who like start the thing are you know French Moroccans, um, but for this first album, they bring they bring in songwriters Phil Hurt and Peter Whitehead. Yeah. Um, which uh, I think one or both of them is black. Um, I and think they're then, both black, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then um, they hi- <laughs> for this first album, there is no band. There is only Willis. And then there's a studio band that was called <clears throat> Gypsy Lane. Gotta love okay. casual slur usage. Um, conducted by Horace Ott who Wikipedia says also provided much of the musical arrangements for Morali, who did not play any instruments. And Horace Ott is a um, black uh, arranger and band leader and composer and like all kinds of stuff um, with long history and like R and B and like, um, okay. Uh, you know, disco maybe music I'm, and stuff. So maybe I'm being essentialist in some kind of shitty way. Um, maybe what I'll say is, I don't think this is the best disco music in terms of the instrumentation and the, mm-hmm. the instrument performances. Um, yeah, it it's does not, not great. feel like it's kind of generic. It's fine. It's perfectly yeah. serviceable, but it's, uh-huh. and there are some like a couple of like kind of interesting moments. San Francisco was their um, first big, big hit. It was kind of a surprise hit from what I understand. Um, it was, uh, and so they sort of like, they had to throw together a quote unquote band um, to perform at like clubs and on Dick Clark's American bandstand. Oh yeah. And so they just like got a bunch of like dancers together to be the quote unquote band with Willis while performing the song. Um, And then 
in order to assemble the actual um, band, they um, it's this is really funny about a uh, really funny story about let's see. Um, they put an ad in the village voice. They said, macho types wanted must have mustache. <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting how the mustache is a marker of masculinity. It's a very mm-hmm. specific mar- marker. Like I've heard that in some militaries, like you're specifically supposed to have a mustache and not a beard. From what I understand, the era of Baroque beardedness um, among middle and upper class people in the Western world ended in World War One. Okay. With the advent of chemical weaponry. Oh. And you had to wear a gas mask. And it's hard to seal a gas mask if you got a beard. And so the from what I understand, like the only form of facial hair that was allowed in militaries at that point was a mustache. And I think there were like certain like connotations too of like only officers were allowed to wear to like grow mustaches or something like the enlisted soldiers were not allowed to something like that at least in like some military interesting yeah so it's like class and like rank things going on as well but um yeah it for a while it was like it had a lot of like masculine like virility and power associated with it yeah i'm fascinated by that i think that's so Mm -hmm. interesting yeah also i'm very interested in the like what is what is the deal with the like old Mennonite, you know, like have everything but a mustache and that's sort of like a wedding yeah. ring, you know? Yeah. What like is Amish folks that? still do that. Mm-hmm. What is that? What, what even is that? It's like, like why, why is, you know, it's like, why isn't just like masculinity just as much facial hair as possible? Why is right, it these yeah? specific cuts? Hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's for smooching. <laughs> I just want a, a very specific targeted tickle. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, a targeted tickle mm, delicious um yes so um yeah, yeah i love good. i love that like that the ad the village voice ad you know i i've got to imagine that that's read the same way that we read certain craigslist ads today mm-hmm. <laughs> you know we're, yeah. oh, okay <laughs> so it's like quite the party <laughs> yep yeah there was a lot of like a lot of stuff happening in the village, especially in like gay culture in the seventies pretty rapidly because, you know, at the time of Stonewall, that was a mafia owned bar and uh-huh. they like served like <laughs> shitty water drowned drinks and like jacked up the prices and they still had to like deal with police raids all the time, even though they're like paying off the police using a system that I learned was called gayola, like a <laughs> gay payola. Um, so they'd be bribing the police. And from there, not 10 years later, we have a place called the Mineshaft. Um, there's some s- apocryphal stories that some of the like outfits of the Mineshaft helped inspire some of the village people, like archetypes or like roles or whatever. But there was like open like water sports and like glory holes. And wow. They had a scat room at the beginning that they eventually like got rid of fairly Holy quickly because it was too extreme. Like, there is a lot going on pretty quickly that um, was not getting raided by the cops constantly and was not owned by the mafia. It was owned by some wow. gay folks and like Robert yeah. Mapplethorpe showed up there and like Michel Foucault and like a bunch of people. So 
Yeah, I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole with like that one, the mine shaft. <laughs> <laughs> went down a little bit As of a glory were. hole about the <laughs> mine shaft. A rabbit yes. glory hole. Oh my god! Wow, so many, epi- so many so episode many titles. Right? You'd expect it in a very gay episode, is what I would think. So, <laughs> so uh, a quick music theory corner. Yeah. Um, I was talking Please. a little bit of shit about the music, but I think there are some interesting things going on in the arrangements. Mm-hmm. They're just not the sort of rhythmically sophisticated things that I typically look for in uh, in disco music. Uh, mm-hmm. But there's this section that has these... It's like a minor key song, but there's these moments where it goes to a major third in in this voicing that's sort of buried and not in like a baroque pickardy third kind of way but in a more interesting I know way. what that means. Uh it's like a a thing you hear in like renaissance and baroque music where it's like minor the whole way through. Mm-hmm. And then at the very end of the song it goes ba da 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 and it goes mm. major. Mm-hmm. In this very heavy-handed kind of way, mm-hmm. it's this like ultimate catharsis, mm-hmm. um, and for some reason, people call that the Picardy Third. I don't know why. I think Picardy is a musician, <laughs> um, a composer, or something. Maybe a Renaissance huh. composer, and like coined this like thing or popularized it. I don't know. That's it's been a while since um, I think it I was refers to of, the the region of France. Picardy. Oh, Pickard. Oh, interesting. There yeah. you go. Oh. Well, anyway. Um, maybe not. Who knows? It's a little more nuanced and a little more ambiguous and um, non-binary, if you will, <gasps> uh, in this in this use. Um, and there's also moments of minor sixths and major sixths. So I'll see if I can point it out in the actual sound sample. It might be a little bit too dense for me to actually point it out. Mm. But mm-hmm. if you hear something that feels harmonically interesting, it's probably a minor third or a major third, or a minor six, or a major six, when you expected the other. Mm-hmm. Here we go. We're right there. Major. <laughs> so, those low, like... It sounds like baritone horns, maybe tenor sax or baritone saxes, or um, or tenor saxes. I'm not sure, but they're going bam 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 really low. Um, so they're going minor, 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 major. Um, mm-hmm. That's fun. And then uh, the other, I think, saxophones are going La-da. later on. Um, they're doing a minor six, resolving to a five. And then uh, the guitar part is playing major sixths, like a sort of a Dorian mode um, over that. Um, Let's listen to it one more time now that I remember the individual parts (laughs) and I'll try to point it out. Okay. So first we'll hear a uh, probably a berry sax or or a low tenor sax or something um, going Mm -hmm. from a minor third to a major third. Then we'll hear uh, a minor sixth stated by the saxophones and then a major sixth stated by the electric guitar. So there's a lot going on. I'll try Mm -hmm. to point it out. Okay. Here we go. There's the minor to the major. 
Minor six there. Yeah. In the guitar. Here's the guitar. Yeah, it's really quick. It's a passing tone, but the, the guitar goes. Da da do da da do do da 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 major sixth. When earlier on the saxophones are going da minor sixth. Mm. There's some harmonically interesting stuff going on in here. That's that's the music theory corner. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the um, the ambiguity of when we're when we're major, when we're minor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, there's a lot of that um, that really fun like octaves in the bass. Um, the oh, very gong, like gong, rapid. Gong, 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 yeah. Gong, gong. Exactly. Yeah. I love that kind I of shit. I love that shit. Yeah, it's it so, so good. good. <laughs> I think I want to say like Stanley Clark probably popularized that because um, it's used a lot in like slap and pop style um, bass playing, um, which was invented by Stanley Clark, um, if I remember right. It been, which it? one is which one is Stanley Clark? Uh, he's the bassist. Um, he was for, uh, with um, for who? Sly and the Family Stone, I believe, right? Okay, of course. Yeah, is that right? Well, um, yeah, that sound is so is so great. And it's so fun to play too. Oh, to be a bassist in a disco band! So oh my fun. god, right? Um. <coughs> well, we've made it through one song. Oh it's my god, it's Larry Graham who invented it. I'm so sorry. Larry Graham. And he okay. was the, the basis for Sly and the Family Stone. Okay. So I just confused my well, foundation. Well, thanks, Stanley, for your, whatever your contributions are. Thank you for your service, Stanley. <laughs> we salute all the bass Lawrence. players. Lawrence. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a bassist. Hmm. Lawrence Graham Cracker. Delicious. Um, that's his full name. <laughs> um. um we could maybe skip in Hollywood. It's just a song about how like Hollywood's a bunch of phonies and it's hard to say whether or not they're endorsing it. Um, yeah. It's very tongue in cheek, but maybe in a kind of permitting way. I don't know. Every single one of these songs is about a place very prominently about a yeah. location. Yeah. Um, and not only that, a gay location. You sure. Yeah. Mm hmm. <laughs> Every location is um, a gay location. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> that's but let's go to the gayest location, Fire Island. Obviously, yes. You never know just who you meet. Baby, it's the one out of your wildest fantasies. just come out of nowhere <laughs> that's so funny don't go in the bushes Jesus, how do you like how do you read that it's i mean okay so the full lines are don't go in the bushes let me pull that up um someone might grab you someone might stab you um is this a winking is this some of these winking lines that we've heard about I don't know. Is it like, don't go in the bushes. Something bad will happen. You don't want to go there. Wink, 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 wink. wink. Something very heterosexual happened in those bushes. Better watch out. (laughs) Like, I don't think they're actually talking about getting stabbed, like, with a blade. They're talking about Maybe a gay blade. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> as it were. Um, I don't know. It's it's so hard to say. I mean, it could be like I don't know the cops or like locals like attacking people or something. But it's delivered in such like a silly like don't way go in that the bushes. <laughs> I can't imagine that's like an actual like reference to like violent like anti-gay violence. You know, it seems like yeah, it would have to I be mean, like a wink to like hey you know uh, <laughs> that whole like almost like. Oh God! I mean, the earliest like antecedent I can uh, example I can think of is like Br'er Rabbit, where it's like, "Oh no, don't throw me in the briar patch!" Like that kind of thing. Um, and I, I'm not certain if that is a is makes me racist to to give that as my example. <laughs> <sighs> I want to say that that was like an actual folk tale that was later appropriated in Stella. Oh, interesting. Well. My my impression is that like this is a is is a common thing in um in in gay culture in cruising culture is you go through the park and then you find a bush mm-hmm. and you mess around in a bush mm-hmm. and that that's sort of like what is to be expected uh, at Fire Island in the quote unquote bush yeah <laughs> sorry not sorry well uh, I'm sorry. So Fire Island is uh, is an island off the coast of New York, I, I believe. I don't know if it's technically an island anymore. Well, oh, interesting. I mean... Don't you have to take a ferry there? Hmm. I'm not sure. I thought you could just drive there. Because I was, I was like looking to... Yeah, there's, there's a bridge to it. Um, okay. I guess it is still an island because you can have a bridge to an island still. So um, <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Um, wow, there's, it's, a, there's it's a whole like lot a, of it. It's, it's, it's a long. specifically gay vacation place, like Provincetown. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, like and it's been gay for a very long time. What it's there for. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, Frank O'Hara died, famously gay New York poet who might have lived in the village, not sure. Um, died when he was at Fire Island and some asshole drove a dune buggy, ramped it off a dune buggy and landed it or ramped it off a dune and landed on Frank O'Hara's head with the dune buggy. Holy shit. Yeah. I they had just no like, idea. that's awful. Killed him with the dune buggy. It was really bad. Yeah. And was the person like drunk? I think so. But it was probably was like not illegal to drunk drive in New York at the time. It's probably encouraged. Oh my God. That's terrible. I hate that yeah. story. Yeah. It's not, not great, but I bring it up as like evidence. Like, yeah, he was gay and, he knew where the gay place was. Like, even back in the... Right. F- that was in the 50s. Huh. Yeah. Well, yeah. So this is a song about uh, Fire or Island. 66, um, I guess. I didn't know he lived that long. Okay. Sorry. I'm, I'm going down another do you glory play- hole. <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you want to play the sound samples of um, uh, Peckin' and Pumpin'? Yes, I do. So they say um, on the Genius lyrics, "Been there, been there," but I think it's actually "Raise hell, raise hell." That's what it sounds like to me. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think the most notable <laughs> lyrics here are not "Raise hell, raise hell," but rather "Peckin." I'm peckin', peckin' at the sandpiper. Wow, pumping. I- I'm pumping, pumping at the botel. 
I just saw those lyrics get corrected in real time on the Genius. I did it. <laughs> Not even like a page Chong refresh. That shit. <laughs> wow. It just like um, changed. So I'm assuming that's like various venues at Fire Island where there is mm-hmm. sexual activities <laughs> happening. I'm sure. I want to say there's a place called the Blue Whale that showed up in the movie Fire Island. Sounds right. Yeah. Great movie, by the way. I think we talked about it on Think Outside the Box. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Oh. What's in the Box Weekly? Yes. Our weekly mini show mm-hmm. where, uh, for Patreon mm-hmm. supporters. Yes. Where we talk about uh, n- not necessarily music in the mm-hmm. culture. And where might someone find something like that, Cameron? Uh, uh, pa- Patreon.com bo- slash box set? Yes. Mm-hmm. I think <laughs> I think there's a link on the uh, boxset.website as well. Yes, the blue whale does show up in that movie by the way. Okay, very Just good. confirmed. Well, we're almost done with this first album. Should we we should talk about village people cuz this is like the the like civil rights song. Yeah. In this album. Mhm. Here we go. Village people. It's one of they join the exalted ranks of people like Black Sabbath who have <laughs> A al- like not only an eponymous album but an eponymous song also. Love to see it. So this is like a civil rights anthem, but it's also like a coming out anthem, mm-hmm. which I think is really interesting. The politics of coming out, I think they've changed a little bit in recent years, mm-hmm. but this is a time where people needed to come out so that it could be clear how many people actually were gay and that they weren't, mm-hmm. um, it wasn't a actually like a conveniently erasable population mm-hmm. it wasn't just an abnormality like there so i think that it's powerful but it's complicated you know because mm-hmm. that this is a song about like we are doing this you gotta like you gotta help us with this momentum so mm-hmm. in the text of this song you know let's fight for the right and do it while it's daylight mm-hmm uh, your freedom's in sight. You'll have yourself with midnight. Um, we can't be denied. The signs are on our side now. Um, this is about like gaining momentum. It's about visibility. And it's about mm-hmm. personal responsibility to um, represent being gay <laughs> Love hearing that in the larger culture. Yeah. Yes. I yeah. I mean, it's it's. I, I would love to hear someone who was there at the time talk about it, but it seems like personal responsibility to come out it did have a, a really specific function back then. Whereas mm-hmm. now it's like a little more complicated. It's like, what does it mean to come out? Mm-hmm. Um, but for us to totally. have, to be at this point in the discourse, to be questioning the validity of like simple, like ideas like coming out couldn't happen without this period of like, you have a responsibility like to, you know, we are one. That's what the song is saying. Like, mm-hmm. we need to actually not have this be a clandestine act, you know, activities that sort of allow us to continue to 
exist um, in strike culture um, with a minimal, you know, despair. Yeah. Take our place in the sun to be free. Mm hmm. Yeah. And I think. Do your part. I wonder. <laughs> you do your part. Yeah. I'm an army of one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I wonder also if, like, there's an interesting dynamic. You, you mentioned it as a civil rights anthem, and it is. And it's um, coming from what appear to be mostly black writers and musicians. Um, in the context yep. of a like commercial product made by producers right. from French Algeria, um, and I'm wondering if like they are intentionally e- evoking that, but also um, there's like there's a long history of like that dynamic of um, the relationship of the gay rights movement to the like black civil rights movement. Yeah. And there's, you know, been accusations of like co-optation or like appropriation or um, all kinds of stuff. And I'm wondering if like they are very purposefully like evoking that and then using phrasing. They keep repeating the line, your fight is mine and Ooh. we are one. And I I want that to me that that speaks like that's pretty powerful. Um, it's a pretty powerful way to like sort of express like the solidarity of like ma- marginalized groups and like the struggle for freedom. Um, yeah. If that's what they're intending to do. Yeah. It's hard to say how intersectional the song mm. is yes, because it is using coded language the entire time. And it is not coming right out and saying who the song is for mm-hmm. and who the song is against. Yeah. I mean, so there's yeah a lot of ways to read it because of that. Yeah, I mean... Except for they keep saying village people, village people. Yeah. And I'm wondering, like... Yeah. I'm... And 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 they're, they're specifically saying we have to do this in the light of day, mm-hmm. which to me seems to specifically be about gay people that are in mm. the closet. Yeah, that's a good point. Because I don't, I, I don't know to what extent that is that... Um, those lyrics could could refer to it's not like black folks are like able to be in the closet about mm. being black you know like and they're sort of getting their like fix so that they can go on to pretend to not be black that's not that doesn't translate to that like mm-hmm. this is about being gay very clearly i mean i guess i thought that like me well on first glance i thought maybe those lyrics were like more of a figurative, like, longer time scale of, like, let's strike while we have the chance before, like, more reactionaries and, like, there's more backlash and, you know, there's yeah. a crackdown or something. Maybe. Um, so, I don't know. But, yeah, if, if, it, if it's about, like, specifically, like, being out of the closet in the daylight, in the daytime hours, like, out and about openly rather than only being gay yeah. inside the dark club after midnight, you know, that's, right. that's powerful. Yeah. yeah. Um, we know who we are. Write it on the wall now. Follow your star. We're right and standing tall now. I said it's time for liberation. Yeah. Liberation. Queer liberation in 1977. In yep. an openly like commercial, um, like pandering band. I mean, yeah, the relationship of this band to like pandering is like so interesting. And I'm sure we're going to get into it more. I don't know if I can do both albums tonight. It's already 1030. <laughs> 
That's true. Yeah, maybe we should call it and then do. Uh, Grandma's got to get her beauty man. sleep over here. <laughs> I've got a yeah. I've got, and I'm sure you do as well, a lot to say about the album Macho Man. Oh, do I ever? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's going to, yeah, there's going to be kind of a turn. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, maybe we should call it for, for tonight. Yeah. What an interesting project to talk about the village people. I'm enjoying this so far. I, I feel like I had like one of those um, galaxy brain like meme moments of like the different levels of like, oh, yeah, the village people were just like this, you know. Um, like there was a whole like winking, like plausible deniability, like, oh, aren't I being like funny, like evoking gay stuff? Then I was like, oh, wait, it's openly gay. And then I was like, the next level is like, oh my God, this is like crass commercialism, like pandering. And then like the next level is like, oh, it like is in the context of this like pandering stuff, but it's also like have, has been so embraced by like gay people and like smuggled gay culture and like str- the whole straight like world and like yeah i don't yeah there's a lot going on i went through a lot of it's sort of like stages. this like weird like we we talk about on this show like the you know inclusion in the atrocious it's mm-hmm. like what what do you need to what do you need to sacrifice in order to be able to be in the mainstream and mm-hmm. how do messages and missions change in order to be publicly accepted. Mm-hmm. And a lot of this stuff is just like, it's sort of like a fluke. It's like, we're at this level now, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like we've finally caught up to the village people. Like the village people were like doing like Pepsi level, like pride month, you know, corporations mm-hmm. doing pride month, like, yeah, you know, in the seventies, <laughs> which is like kind of incredible. And it, a kind of amazing accomplishment um, that they're like, that they, they were so far ahead that they were like, there are capitalistic uh, um, gains to be made. Uh, like we, mm-hmm. we are going to like see this as financially viable. Mm-hmm. Like um, 50 years before Disney will like agree that it is. <laughs> That's but only so in certain markets and not in only certain in countries. Certain. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's, I mean, speaking of like getting into the mainstream and stuff, it's even today, a lot of the like queer stuff that, you know, makes it to the mainstream is represented by able-bodied, cis, white, attractive people, you know, attractive by conventional beauty standards. And it's interesting yeah. that the lead of this band is a straight black man. Yeah. Which is like, it's interesting that like, yeah, they were able to hit the mainstream without fully like um, homogenizing to the demographics of what the mainstream wants, you know? Absolutely. What a a bizarre like moment out of time. Yeah. (laughs) Like to me, like, I don't know how to contextualize this. I mean, it's a not, they're a novelty act. That, I mean, that's what it is. Like. I think that's the best way to, at least for now, like the best way I'm, I'm thinking to conceptualize, like for most of like middle America, quote unquote, this is like a novelty act, you know? And this is a time for like really weird and like silly things happening in music, like the Carpenters and like the Muppets, <laughs> <laughs> like all kinds of wacky shit is happening. And everyone's like completely whacked out of their noggins on cocaine, like all day, every day. Right. So. Yeah. It's just, I expected something a lot more ironic Mm, yeah, that's a good point. The, yeah, the only 
the only detectable irony in this album is don't go in the bushes. Yeah. Wink, 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 wink. Yeah. You might get stabbed <laughs> with a knife. Wink, 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 wink. Wink, 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 wink. Um, yeah, like that's the only bit of, that's the only part of this album that isn't completely earnest. Mm-hmm. And isn't like about, I mean, like, yeah, this song is telling people to come out of the closet in, in like, no uncertain terms. Yeah, like that, and it's a like a mainstream hit. Um, yeah. That's, it's not a B-side, or I guess maybe it's Well, I don't think this one was and it's all that, this one wasn't all that popular, right? This song specifically? I don't think. I, yeah, I just, it's, I don't understand why everyone isn't talking about this yeah, <laughs> all the time. right? <laughs> <laughs> this is huge. It really is. And there's so much yeah. going on here. It, 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 it's like so, inter- it, it just like touches like everything. Like even yeah. to the extent of like maybe somebody pretending to be an indigenous like person maybe <laughs> misrepresenting themselves. Like there's a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow. I think we're gonna we're gonna snap it shut there and get to the album Macho Man next week. Until that time, you can visit us at boxset.website, email us at email at boxset.website. Um I'm checking the spam filter now because our friend um what's the name again? Oh Kent, Brendan Kent. Brendan Kent has been sending delightful emails that have been getting caught in the spam filter. Um so I will be fixing this fan filter and checking to make sure nobody's delightful little messages get lost in there. Um, so email us there. Uh, go on our Discord. The link will be in the show notes. Um, you can suggest various artists that we can submit ourselves to there. Um, and uh, you can support us in a couple different ways. You can share the show, tell people about it, spread the word, um, write us reviews with stars and you know, all the platforms. I don't know. Does Spotify do reviews? I don't know. I don't listen to podcasts there. I don't know. Um, but Apple I podcast does. Um, you can also support us even more directly. If you go to support.box at that website, kick us a few bucks. You'll get access to all of our bonus materials. We might have to watch the Village People movie, Cameron. Yeah. Even though Willis, the lead singer at this point, is not part of it, which is, and like, doesn't even show up, even though it's supposedly about, like, the history of the band. I think I listened to a How Did This Get Made about it. Oh, interesting. It's famously very bad. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Shout out to our latest supporter, one Ashley Bowman. Oh, Oh, Ashley Bowman. I hope it's okay that I used her full name. Oh, no. (laughs) Ashley B. (laughs) Um, A. Bowman has supported us. (laughs) It's probably, probably fine. It's probably fine. Thanks, Ashley. Thanks, Ashley. That's so lovely. You're a lovely person. Yeah. Um, So until that time, um, I've been Maddie Hunt, and in Hollywood, everybody's a star. That's the song we didn't talk about. (laughs) It's dumb. (laughs) And I've been Cameron DeWitt, and here it is. Here it comes. And I'm uh, a fan of (laughs) Gaylor Strait. You're really relying on that strip silence feature, aren't you? 
Yes. <laughs> Solid 25 seconds of silence. Uh, which gave me time to think of a better one for me. And I'm going down a rabbit hole about the mineshaft. <laughs> so mineshaft going down a ra- rabbit hole. I don't know. Something like that.